Hey everybody, welcome to the Odd Topic Podcast. Halloween special! Did you really think your boys were going to miss an opportunity to shoehorn in some spooky content? Well, of course not. We're here with some high-energy mystery mojo, and boy do we have an episode for you. I love Halloween. Here in South Africa, it was never really a big deal, especially as kids. I think it's evolved a bit more now because of the popularity in the States and whatnot. But as a kid, I was pretty much the only one in my neighborhood who was into it. I remember back in the day, my neighbor friend and I dressed up as vampires, like proper vampires, and went door-to-door trick-or-treating, and it confused the heck out of all the neighbors. Naturally, they didn't often have any candy and sweets because nobody really expected it. So we'd often end up with some cash and like (laughs) peanuts and biltong. So, (laughs) but hey, it was all in good fun. Uh, what about you? Did you do any trick-or-treating up there in the middle of nowhere? Um, well, my neighbors were like a couple Ks away from me. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> me walking around along a dirt road in a costume. Come on the back won't. of a cow or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, also, everyone around there has weapons. <laughs> you yeah, don't want some creepy kid rocking up in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, like deep in their farm because the house is like not on the outskirts. Deep yeah, into exactly, their farm yeah. to get to the house. Trick-or-treat. Oh. Get up so also as per tradition, we'll be watching some more scary movies. I know I'm excited for the new Candyman movie. There is a new Candyman movie coming there out? There is one. That no, is it's actually cool. out already. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw no hop about this at all. Me neither. I was that's actually on weird. YouTube and I saw like a, a video review on it. I didn't watch it yet, but I was like, oh, damn, that's out. Okay. And there's a new Conjuring. I have known about that. I'm Very apprehensive though about it. I'm not because it looks like they're going a little bit further back into the history. It's different directors though. Ah, it's okay. not the original guys. Okay, okay, that, that I don't know. I don't know. For me, the first Conjuring I really liked and was kind of getting worse and worse each time. Still, still <laughs> good, but let's see what this one. Yeah, holds. and then maybe it's time to finally watch The Village. Luke, please <laughs> just watch this movie so we can stop referencing it in this podcast. Fine. <laughs> it's the hop is too real now, man. It's gonna suck, and I'm, I'm gonna be like, I'm sorry. But rather it's have bad. it as an M Night Shyamalan movie where. You can never predict what's going to happen. Yeah. That okay. is the one great thing about this being the movie that's hopped up. Fine, fine. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll watch it, damn it. <laughs> also, another great movie that has just dropped the trailer, Black Phone. Don't know if you've seen anything on it. Never heard of that. Ethan Hawken. Brilliant, brilliant. It's a Blumhouse movie. Ooh. So great. Anything Blumhouse, I'm like, this is worth a watch. Yes. Okay. Trailer, terrifying as hell. Okay. Worth a watch. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah. Yo, there's quite a lineup. It is. It's fantastic, actually. Halloween's gonna be great. Speaking of movies, Brett will be talking about some Halloween movie origins in a bit, while I kick us off with some true Halloween horrors. So without further ado, let's talk about some really horrifying things that actually occurred on and around Halloween. The spookiest time of the year. Oh, yeah. And sort of listener discretion is advised for the first two little stories. They came out way darker than I anticipated. (laughs) Anyway, during Halloween season in America, Halloween decorations on the streets and in the front of houses are commonplace. People put lots of time and effort into making their space give off that eerie Halloween vibe by decorating with carved pumpkins, gravestones, fake skeletons, and the works. Well, on October 2005, this was no different. In the town of Frederica in Delaware, on the side of the road, one could see a very spooky Halloween decoration. Many people walked past what appeared to be a decoration of a hanging woman suspended about four and a half meters from the ground. A chilling decoration to be sure, but few paid it any more attention than they would any other Halloween prop. 
The problem, however, was that this was no prop. The suspended woman was in fact not a decoration at all, but a woman who had unfortunately taken her own life. Wow. People walked past the body for hours before somebody noticed that it was actually a corpse. The police were then notified and the situation was handled. But yeah, that was... That's so freaky. That is very, very freaky. Not to speak ill of the dead, but I guess it wasn't very good timing. Oh, my word. Sorry. (laughs) I wish I could say that this was the only time this has happened, but you'll be shocked at how many times this has occurred. It happened again in October 2015. Another body was found suspended from a chain link fence. Again, it was dismissed as merely a Halloween decoration and people just walked right past. However, the real story was far more grim. 31-year-old Rebecca Cade met her untimely end after attempting to jump over a fence while fleeing from her abusive boyfriend. She allegedly got caught in the fence and suffered blunt force trauma to the head by the abusive boyfriend who left her there. They both allegedly had issues with drugs and the law and pretty much a big horrible fight broke out. Yeah. So... Not so happy, I guess. No, not at all. That ruins the Halloween spirit in a way, even though it's meant to be creepy and spooky. Yeah, but it's meant to be creepy and spooky in a fun way. And I think yeah, Halloween not... has kind of like veered towards the more fun side yeah. with that spooky origin. This is kind of just tragic, actually. It really is. Yes. Apologies, guys. It gets better. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so again, there's a few more like this. There's a case where there was a corpse on the side of the road. And the postal worker was just delivering mail and stepped over the corpse thinking it was just a no. decoration. I need to find out it was, in fact, a corpse. Oh, how bad must you be, like, actually being the postman? How bad must you feel? That's just crazy. like stepping over it. Eh. Yeah. Wow, these things are real nowadays. Isn't that Karen Wolf? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, decoration's getting good. So saying this out loud makes you feel that this is kind of dark for a Halloween episode. But anyway, let's, let's go on to more... I guess it's kind of dark anyway, but it's a bit more fun. It's like Halloween dark, yeah. which is okay, I guess. Maybe because it happened such a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, all time <laughs> things are always less dark. So in 1957 in California, on Halloween night, Peter and Betty Fabiano were getting ready for bed at 11 p.m. when the doorbell rang. Peter grumpily opened the door, getting tired of all the trick-or-treaters. He was expecting a small child in a costume, but was greeted by a much taller figure. This tall person was wearing what was described as a grotesque painted face and a small black mask. The figure also appeared to be wearing red gloves, a khaki jacket, and blue jeans. So pretty standard men's clothes, I guess. Peter Fabiano then asked the figure, It's a little late for this, isn't it? To which the figure replied in a deep-sounding voice, No, and fired around into his chest from a concealed gun in a paper bag. Whoa. Betty, his wife, ran down the stairs after hearing the gunshot, but the murderer was already well on their way running down the street. Here's where it gets interesting. The murder weapon was found in a storage locker in a pawn shop two weeks later and was traced back to a woman by the name of Goldan Paza. Upon police questioning, the truth of the story came to light. Now Peter, the guy that was shot, owned a salon and a barber shop in California, which he bought after serving time in the military. It's here where a woman by the name of Joan Rabble had befriended Peter's wife, Betty, They got on like a house on fire and became very close friends over time. There were even rumors of a more than friends kind of relationship between the two, which is obviously very frowned upon at the time. Yeah. Betty confided in Joan that her husband Peter was not a very nice man behind the scenes and was a bit of an abusive husband. This sparked the overly attached Joan into action. Joan convinced one of her other close friends with whom she was also said to have a close relationship with to essentially become a hitman for her. This friend was, of course, Goldan Parza. Very unique name. Very unique name. Goldan was instructed by Joan to act as manly as possible to keep police off the scent 
and sent her off to the house to perform the murder. She may have gotten away with it too if it weren't for Goldan's lack of knowledge on how to dispose of the murder weapon because she just sold it to a pawn shop. That's pretty much the worst way it to get rid of a weapon. It is the you can ever think to do. But these two, <laughs> let's say they're maybe not mentally all there. Well, I mean, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> surprise me. So the murderous pair obviously got caught after Goldan's confession and they only got five year sentences each, which is shockingly low for, That's for homicide. crazy. This is because Goldan pleaded insanity and Joan said that she had cast a spell on Goldan to get her to do her bidding. So they're both insane. They're both crazy or just hamming it up for a lesser sentence. Yeah, which I mean, not too bad. Yeah, but this, this whole thing is ridiculous. A weird love triangle by the yeah. sounds of it gone wrong. Anyway, some pretty strange stuff. So poor Betty moved on with her life. She sold the salon and eventually remarried. Goldan lived a relatively low-key life afterwards. And to this day, nobody knows what happened to Joan. Maybe she's still out there haunting unhappy marriages. <laughs> Very possible. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> the ghost of unhappy marriages. <laughs> yeah. That's such a crazy story, though. I feel like I've seen this plot in a lot of Halloween movies. Yes. Like the movie Halloween. Isn't that kind of the same thing? Yeah, kind of. But Was I mean, it trick-or-treating? Yeah, trick-or-treating and a murderous slasher. Damn it, Jamie Lee Curtis, where are you? <laughs> and that makes a pretty good segue into Brett's topic. Speaking of Jamie Lee Curtis, Brett, what you got? Now, I know what you're expecting. A creepy story to a popular Halloween movie can only mean that I bring up John Carpenter's slasher Halloween. Of course. To be honest, I was going to. I really and really was. But it wasn't good enough. After a bit of digging, all I could really find was the fact that the mask used by the infamous killer is in fact a cast of Star Trek's Captain Kirk's face. What? Yes, the mask of Halloween killer is actually William Shatner. <laughs> That's a cool fun it's fact. Fantastic. I love it so much. <laughs> but Halloween is a time for costumes, treats, and, well, slasher films. Yeah. Much like the movie Halloween... There is something so great about revisiting them over a time like this. Now, in true Halloween fashion, I want to bring out a bit of realism to one of the Halloween classics. I'll give you some realism right now. Tell me. Funny story of Luke being a massive idiot as a kid. <laughs> Mark Myers, right? The yes. name of the bad guy. Yes. I obviously take a guess what Luke oh, thought. Oh, my word. You thought, thought he was, was Shrek. Yeah, I thought it was the same <laughs> actor. Bowers. I was like, this dude is so versatile. He's awesome powers, and he's the creepy dude in Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at awesome powers, he's versatile enough to be half of the cast yeah. anyway. <laughs> I won't lie, I did fall for that as well when I was a kid, only to then realize, wait, their real names aren't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's in the movie? Like, it was an embarrassingly long amount of time until I realized how dumb I was being. <laughs> I think I was into my, like, late teens. Oh, really? Until I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Comedy and horror. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about an iconic movie that kind of defined its own place in the Horror Hall of Fame. And I'm talking about the one and the only, The Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm, a little bit movie. of Freddy Krueger. Most of you know the premise. A creepy Freddy Krueger terrifies and slashes his way through teenagers in their dreams. But director Wes Craven found inspiration when he heard of a story very similar to this. In 1981, dozens of young men started dying in their sleep. The members of the Hmong ethnic group showed no prior ailments, but strangely enough started passing away in large numbers. The people affected were all refugees from Laos, 
in Southeast Asia. They had made their way to the US after being hired by the CIA to help fight North Vietnamese during the Vietnam War in 1975. After the war, there was a major genocide within Vietnam and Laos due to the fact that the CIA had basically entered in to stop communism growing. Okay. So they had hired these kind of Lao people to, to almost infiltrate and overpower the government. But there was massive genocide. It was absolute horrific events that went down. And the Vietnam War in general was pretty horrific. It was horrific. But now, the stories that you hear are like messed up. Exactly. Now, this is, this is almost like a lead off of that. This is now, after the fact, you've got this war of, of mass killing and basically people almost being exiled from their own country. The imprint on your brain and all of that is not even fathomable. Well, PTSD must have been strafed. Exactly. So the American government was kind enough to bring them in. They all became refugees on U.S. soil. Terror slowly crept into the minds of the Hmong men. As their fellow people started dying, most started refusing to sleep. When they couldn't hold it anymore, they would fall asleep with family members not knowing if they would wake or not. Hmong men believed that they were being punished by the spirits of their ancestors for leaving their homeland. In total, 20 men died in agony while asleep in their beds. Jeez. The deaths ranged from sudden seizures to single gasps or shouts before they became still and then passed. It seemed as if they were being attacked in their nightmares, fueling the fears of their fellow people. Autopsies showed no explanation for the sudden deaths, and medical professionals were baffled that such a large group of individuals from one specific ethnic group could experience such a similar and close-time death. You see, the problem is, in an autopsy, you can't see what they were seeing. Yeah. You can't get into their brains or into their minds. There's no technology out there that can analyze minds. I- exactly. Right? Nothing. The same can be said for most mental disorders. Yes. They really, you can't pinpoint them in a medical examination. You can't understand them fully, only what you can perceive. Yeah. And for these guys, that was their problem. They had such terrors and horrors in their head that just going to sleep was such an agonizing event that it, it basically killed them. That's crazy to think about that you can have PTSD to such a level that it honestly just kills you. Yes. It's. What, do you think they're having a heart attack in the middle of their sleep or is it just a brain shutdown? Like- so the medical professionals don't really know, but they are attributing it to heart failure. Okay. In that ethnic group, there's a specific part of their heart that is known to be weaker. Okay. And because of this, because of the nightmares and all that, the stress being put on their hearts is actually too much and they're all basically dying of heart attack. In saying this, the terrors of the Hmong men weren't the first of this kind. Reports of the sudden death went as far back as 1977, with the count sitting at over 100 Southeast Asian people dead of this mysterious killer now known as Sudden Unexpected Nocturnal Death Syndrome, or SUNS, <laughs> basically. <laughs> it's a bit jolly for a terrible yeah. sounding disease. And it's very common in Asia, ranging from Japan to Laos. Yeah. And it seems like... These, these events that are happening aside from Vietnam, any, any traumatic kind of things are triggering these deaths in people at night. 
I mean, there's nothing you can do. Obviously, there's therapy and there's medication yeah. to strengthen your heart. That's quite strange because from what I've heard and understand anyway, a lot of these Asian countries are the most stressed out people in existence. Yes. Like the Chinese workers. Yeah, and they, no, and they, they really are. Japan. It's weird that they haven't evolved. <laughs> yeah, to they're, not, this. they're not the best to be stressed. Yeah. So they really shouldn't be. But I mean, they are. And unfortunately, listen, this isn't as prevalent as what it was. I think they have changed a lot over the years and stress is still a very, very high aspect, but I think they are managing it and they are kind of getting through it because this isn't a thing anymore. I mean, okay. it, it is. People still die in their sleep. I'm not saying that. I suppose but, now that it's more understood, people are, are but more wary of their stress levels. Correct. And I think even medical professionals will note yeah. now when you're undergoing high levels of stress and correct. tell you to just chill and give you medication i guess anti-anxiety yeah. whatever it may be but i think the added effect of having so many i mean thirty thousand people of these Hmong tribes came over to the u.s uh, after this after this crisis in lao and out of those okay we had 20 deaths almost in a span of of not even a month or a couple months so i think the added stress of if i sleep this could happen to me it's pretty terrifying. Yeah. And to know how the other guys were going, because it, it almost looked like they were fighting in their sleep and then lost. Yeah. Which is terrible. It's really is terrible. But I do think that that added to the effect of it and that added to their stress. I don't think I would ever sleep again. Like my fellow brethren are dying in their sleep. I'm not sleeping. <laughs> yeah. like, but some stopped sleeping. They try to stay awake, mm. but they got so tired that they would obviously fall asleep. And that probably makes it worse because now you're exhausted. You're going to have even deeper sleep. Correct. Someone's saying it's almost like sleep, but Russian roulette. Yeah. <laughs> because you actually don't know if you're waking up or not. And yeah, apparently the families so. were freaking out. And it was more prevalent in men because I think the men were more subjected to yeah. the atrocities during that war. Uh, and it was all middle-aged people. So it was anyone from the ages of 20 to late 40s that was kind of involved with this. But getting back to to our movies, Nightmare on Elm Street did sort of live up to its genre. Its premise plays off of something we all find terrifying. Even if our dreams don't have knife-gloved, burnt-faced monsters in them, these movies still have the originals, like the original Halloween movie, to thank because they paved the way for almost like a low-budget teen slasher type thing. And it's almost become what the staple Halloween binge is now. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Halloween, the original, was released really early in the 1970s. And it was apparently the first of its kind in terms of how it treated its budget. Yeah. And, I mean, you can clearly see that. So it kind of paved way for, I mean... Freddy Krueger and I mean Elm Street uh, Scream I Know What You Did Last Summer all (laughs) those little slasher movies kind of all moved their way through we've spoken about sort of slasher films in a previous episode I think in season one I think so yeah Um, but I mean as we said we love them completely I actually rewatched Halloween the other day and it still holds up. It's, I was still thoroughly freaked out. Yeah. I watched it because of the remake. Not the remake, the sequel. I was about to say, it is a, it's not really a remake, but no, it is no, a sequel. No, it's, it's yeah. a sequel, yeah. Which wasn't as good. No, but I didn't like it. <laughs> the, the original was actually more freakier than the sequel, yeah. in my opinion. Even with all the new ones, much higher budget and all that. Wasn't the same. Yeah. No, it, it really wasn't. But still, I mean, they, they are still entertaining. I know that there was that uh, Friday the 13th. I don't know if it was, was a remake. so many of those, man. No, there are. But lately there was either a remake or something. Or maybe it just popped up on Netflix. I don't know. Yeah. But I watched it and 
I must say, like, I don't remember it being how it was. Yeah. It was a little bit too gory and not freaky. Like, everything was so predictable. Yeah. And Maybe we just have gotten used to it. We're just older now and we've seen tons of these. Maybe. So we desensitized. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. You, when you expect things, yeah. if you look at Scream, the series, what's cool about it, and I think we did speak about this, was you have the one guy narrating through the whole thing, saying, mm-hmm. this can't happen because this isn't uh, a standard thrasher trope. Yeah. And then it happens, and he's like, well, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so like it added a bit of humor yeah. to like a really, really terrifying uh, scenario. But still, definitely going to be watching some horror movies yeah. this Halloween. And... Yeah, I watch so many now. It's like whenever I go on Netflix, like I just sort by horror. Oh yeah, it's like my default kind of genre, and I've like watched them all now. That all that's getting recommended to me are these international horrors of different languages. Yes, and a lot of them are actually really good, surprisingly so, considering a lot of them have like a super low budget. I know, but as long as the story is good, you can make a fantastic yeah. horror. One thing, okay, and this is coming from a South African that I find super strange about Halloween is how it's almost segued away from spooky yeah i I mean you still have like the ghosts the skeletons the jack-lanterns but even now the jack-lanterns are more like pop culture like mario brothers or something like that (laughs) and even their costumes nowadays are more kind of pop culture and famous people yeah it's like an excuse to sort of cosplay now without without being a weird nerd that cosplays (laughs) yeah you look at all the old stuff and it's like i'm a ghost it has like a kid with a sheet of them yeah to me, that's Halloween. That's like what it should be. Like going back to when I used to trick or treat with my neighbor friend. We did like legit vampires. We got red capes. We like popped up the collars. Proper Dracula. We bought the fake teeth. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I think our moms took like red nail polish and like, oh, put nice. it down our mouths so it looks like blood and all that. Like proper stuff. Yeah. Nowadays, they'll be playing as Fortnite characters and whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rocking up to someone's house and emoting on the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> How times have changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, but that's the point of time, man. Yeah, exactly. Things change and things move on. I do like the fact that South Africa is embracing it a bit more. Yeah. I mean, a few stores are actually starting to stock smaller treats for Halloween. Yeah. We're not as big as the States. The States, you literally have aisles and aisles and aisles of all your favorite, like any kind of chocolate, sweet candy, whatever you want to call it, in bulk, prepackaged for Halloween. And everyone like competes with each other for the most spooky looking house. Exactly. Which I do love. I can get behind that. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, I think a big portion of what was so like underplayed here, although we obviously knew about it, is especially back then, most people were very, very religious. Correct. And Halloween is sort of anti-religious to a lot of really devout Christians. Yes. They see it as, oh, you know, the devil and whatever. Yeah, I was actually just surprising you bring that up. I was actually reading up a, a few kind of random facts about Halloween and whatnot. And there's always this belief that it's more of like on the Satanistic side of things, mm. but it really isn't. No, not at all. It's, it's just a, like a pagan holiday to celebrate the afterlife. Yeah, the passing of the Correct. Day. And it's kind of weird on how that comes up and how that almost plays a part of yeah. people's dislike for it. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be actually a joyous occasion. Exactly. In celebration of, of lost loved ones. Yeah, I mean, if Mexican can have the Day of the Dead, we're yeah. allowed to have Halloween. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it became this whole thing, oh, devil worship. Yeah, which is which is really sad. In that same thing, they brought up Jack Lantern mm. and kind of how its origins were. And apparently its origins are actually Irish. Really? Yeah. It's all folklore. But what they reckon is there was a guy named Jack, obviously, mm. who... Had a lantern. <laughs> no, he did not. He was the lantern. Uh. Apparently something along the lines of he wasn't allowed in hell or heaven. 
So, when he died, he was still kind of in this, not purgatory, but like this middle ground of still being on earth. And he was decapitated, but his head was still alive. Okay. So, people used to leave him on their doorsteps or stuff like that. Like, it used to be passed around. Mm. I can't remember the exact thing, but that's how Jack O'Lantern started. All right. Yeah. I suppose it's an Irish sounding name, you know? Yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah, O'Lantern. yeah exactly. It's actually quite funny because when I was writing my script and I mentioned carved pumpkins, I couldn't for the life of me remember what it was called. So that's why <laughs> really? I was like carved pumpkins instead of jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> but also, I won't lie, it is quite humorous. So Luke and I have been friends for quite some time. And to this day, I've never attended one of Luke's many Halloween parties. Because yeah, we throw a mean Halloween party, dude. For some reason, there is always some clash. And I won't lie, Luke's Halloween party is pretty dope. Yeah. Dress up, get drunk. What's not to like? <laughs> well, I mean, there's food there too. Brett, maybe this year. Actually, definitely not this year. Oh my God. Definitely. We've, we've spoken about this. I know. Not I this forgot. year. <laughs> Man, by the time you come to one, you're going to be like 50. <laughs> yeah. When I do come to one, it'll be the bomb ass Halloween party. <laughs> be like the worst ever. one. You're like, this is what all the hype was about. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's it for our Halloween special episode. I hope you enjoyed it and weren't too creeped out with our... Kind of disturbingly true stories, actually. Yeah, but you have to have some realism in Halloween, yeah. man. I mean, we can't we can't ham it up all the time. Bring back some spook to the Halloween. If you want fun Halloween episodes, go back to our classic monster episode. <laughs> That's very true. That actually might have been a better Halloween special, <laughs> but let's not talk about that. Anyway, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you'd like to be on touch, you can catch us on... Any of the social media platforms. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, at Artopic Podcast. Catch us on our website, artopicpodcast.com. We put up a lot of cool stuff up there. If you want to email us, let us know any cool facts or stuff like that. You can email us at community at artopicpodcast.com. Also, don't forget that our final episode of the season is the user submitted segment, where we are taking listener submissions... And we will be playing them on the podcast of all your spooky paranormal things you might have experienced. We have a couple of entries already. There's always room for one or two more. So if you are a latecomer, a listener, you have a cool story to share, please do so and get in touch and we will play it on the show if it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some real stories. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that one. That'll probably be towards the end of November. Yeah. Other than that, guys, remember, stay fresh. Stay freaky. Bye. Bye.